0: Hey, moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26 year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms, and The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. Now, I know many of you have read The Unhurried Homeschooler, and if you enjoyed that book, you will also enjoy The 4-Hour School Day because it's kind of like an expanded version of the unhurried homeschooler. So I encourage you to check out all three books or any of them that you haven't yet. You can find them all on Amazon. You can also find them at my website, dorendawilson.com, and you can find the four hour school day at pretty much any of your favorite booksellers. I also wanted to mention that I have an online mentoring course, and this uh, online mentoring course is called the Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. And so I will leave the link in the show notes for you to check out the details on that. There are just a whole bunch of videos on um, just me talking about what it looks like to take a simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling Throughout each of the different stages of of your child's years, uh, their school years. So again, I'll leave the link in the show notes and I would love for you to go check that out. Now, today I'm gonna be talking about how knowing God's character can help relieve anxiety. And I'm going to do that by sharing the what's called incommunicable attributes of God. I didn't think that was going to make a very great uh, podcast title. (laughs) I thought if I put that up there, they may not listen to this because they won't understand what it is or why it's important. Because I didn't know much about this particular topic until a few weeks ago in our Bible literacy class at church. And it was just such a a powerful uh, class in terms of just getting to know God better that I thought, you know what, I think that my podcast listeners would really benefit from hearing about this. But again, I didn't want to title it the incommunicable attributes of God. (laughs) But what the incommunicable attributes of God are, are attributes that only he possesses. So there are communicable attributes and incommunicable. So the incommunicable are the ones that only he possesses and the communicable ones are ones that he actually shares with us. So things like love and kindness, um, those are just a few of of many examples, but those are things that we are able to to show, we're able to do. Those are attributes we are able to have as human beings because we were made in His image. But again, um, there are incommunicable attributes as well. And these attributes are important because what we need and what we want is a God who isn't us. We are not sufficient. We all know that, right? We know we're not sufficient. And we want a God who is. We need a God who is, and God is that. We need a God who is powerful and independent of us, and God is that. Because here's the truth, folks, and we all know this. We are constantly in a state of change, right? Our emotions change, our circumstances change, and we need a God who is unchanging, perfectly sovereign, perfectly holy, perfectly good, And so knowing God's incommunicable attributes can change our perspective because it helps position us properly in the creator-created relationship. And what I mean by changing our perspective, it allows us to get our focus on God. And all of a sudden, things come into perspective. So like I said, Knowing these attributes changes our perspective because it helps position us properly in the creator-created relationship. If you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, I had Hannah Anderson on the podcast talking about humility and how humility positions us so well in the relationship that we were made for, the one that proclaims that he is God and we are not. Um, the, the subtitle to that book, Humble Roots, is uh, how humility grounds and nourishes our soul. And the reason, one of the reasons it does that is because we were made to stay in that position, but we're constantly being tempted to be like God. It's it's the original temptation that happened way back in the garden, right? That was the original uh, reason for the fall of man, right? And so that's going to be a continual uh Temptation for us as well, and and it is for us on the daily, right? We we tend to forget that we are the created; we are not the creator. And so, by um, focusing on and knowing these incommunicable attributes of God, this helps position us um, in a in a more right position which gives us clarity, and it gives us wisdom, and it gives us insight, and it gives us peace. It it helps to relieve the anxiety, to see God for who He is, and specifically the ways that He is not like us, brings comfort and peace that can calm our anxious hearts. Uh, recently, I was I was struggling because there was a there was a shift in our circumstances, and I wanted to pretend that it hadn't happened because I had kind of just had a couple of really good weeks of feeling very much at peace and just sort of in a rhythm. And now our circumstances change, and we are looking at a potential move. We're considering moving out to the, to the country on some property with uh, several of our kids. And so so there was this shift in our circumstances and I could feel this shift in my heart towards anxiety because there's so much involved in a decision like that, not to mention just organizing, packing and moving and all those things. So I, I, I could feel it and I couldn't deny it that I was just starting to go down that anxiety road and I was praying about it. And it was like the Lord sort of prompted me with this thought. Um, <clears throat> basically, the winds have changed and you need to adjust your sails. Now, if you've ever been sailing, and I have not, but I can only imagine that if you're sailing and you've got your uh, your sails up and the wind shifts, that trying to steer the ship without adjusting your sails is just a really, really bad idea. And so I, I loved the way that those words came to my mind, and I was so thankful for that. Um I feel like I'm still trying to adjust my sales a few weeks later, but the point is that we our lives are constantly changing, and there's always a reason that we can be anxious and so humanly speaking, but we know that God's word says otherwise. And one of the greatest things that we can do, is to position ourselves so that God is right there, front and center. And who he is, um, is is where our focus is. And all of a sudden, other things become much more clear. And again, our anxiety uh, can be alleviated by that. And I wanted to add, too, that when the winds have changed and you need to adjust your sails, the other thought that came to mind is he is the captain. And he tells us how to adjust our sails. Because once I heard those words, I thought, you know, I, I this is a great you know visual, but I don't know how to adjust my sails. <laughs> Lord, I need your help. So he reminded me he's the captain. Or at least I I could just I was reminded that he is the captain, and he can tell me how to do that along the way. But you know, it really starts so much in 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 a practice in the small everyday things. So you know, there's duties that we have every day someone described it like this there are duties and events and I think I, I I may have described this in another podcast, but I'll describe it again in case you missed it duties are just there are things you basically have control over, right you're going through your day you're 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 making dinner you're doing the things that God has put in front of you to do you're caring for the children, you're homeschooling and so we practice in the small everyday things um, adjusting our sales along the way um, because you know, we know, yes, we're gonna make dinner, but oh my goodness, someone just threw up. So dinner isn't gonna be made at six o'clock like it normally is. It, that's gonna have to that's gonna have to be put on the back burner. And, and there we are adjusting our sales in very small ways throughout the day. So we practice in the small everyday things, in the duties that we have con- the things that we have control over, so that when the bigger things, the events happen, which are the things that I don't have control over, we're ready. Okay, so you've got duties or the everyday things that you do, and then there are events. These are things we have no control over. Like a child throwing up, that's an event because we didn't cause that to happen, right? We didn't do anything to make that happen. We had no control over that. And those those things happen in small ways throughout our everyday lives. And so what I'm saying is practice in those things um, at adjusting your sales and trusting the Lord and remembering who He is in those circumstances so that when those bigger events happen that you're ready. Um, It's kind of like, you know, doing daily workouts before the events, right? Nobody goes out and runs a marathon, right? They practice and they train day in and day out consistently so that when they go to run that marathon, they're ready. Their body, their soul, their minds, everything is ready. And so we do the same thing as believers. And we do this at home as moms, the other great thing about this is we are at the same time simultaneously, and I love the way God does this, when we obey Him, there's multiple fruit, okay? Our children are watching us. So when they see us modeling that faith and that trust in God, and even like verbalizing it to our kids along the way, that those are the things that really speak to our children. That's the witness that is going to make all the difference in the world to our children, because we can read the Bible and tell them things in theory till we're blue in the face, but more is caught than taught. They see if we're hypocritical. We say one thing, but we do another. You guys, we live our theology out of our fingertips, whether we like it or not. I may say, oh, I believe that God is you know, sovereign over all things, and then come unglued when something out of control happens that I know God has control over because He controls all things, right? He's He is sovereign over everything. And then I come unglued. Well, guess what? I just basically said that I don't believe that. And again, we can we can backpedal. <clears throat> we can go to our kids and say, "Listen, my reaction was not. It was not okay. It was wrong. It was sinful because I'm not trusting God with this. I am. Um, God is worthy of my trust. He's worthy of our praise, and we can trust Him in these circumstances. So we want to model." this for our kids as well, for their sake as well. All right, so let's dive into the incommunicable attributes of God. Okay, number one, and I don't think this is an exhaustive list. Um, I think this is kind of like the biggies. These these are the biggies, and they kind of cover a lot of things. So number one, he is self-existing, and another word for that is um, aseity. That's just kind of a fancy word for self-existing. And so what I want to say is he is self-existing and we are not. He needs nothing. He needs no one outside of himself. He doesn't need a relationship with us. You guys may have heard that before. He made us because he, he... Uh, needed a relationship, or somehow was needy, and that simply is not true. He does not need a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with us, but he doesn't need it. It doesn't add to or take away from him or his glory in any way. And I know that's very humbling, isn't it? We'd like to think that we add something, um, but we really don't. Um, We are made in his image. We reflect him, which is a beautiful thing, but we don't add to God. God. He is self-existing. He needs nothing outside of himself. And again, that's so hard to imagine because our earthly relationships aren't like that. Every earthly relationship we have, um, there's give and take, right? Other people need us. They need us to contribute. They need us to encourage them. you know our children need us to um, to encourage them to train them to, you know just participate in a relationship with them that there, there's a, a certain amount of need because we're all humans and we're all sinful and we are not self-existing. Okay. And so again, if you've been in relationships where, um, especially growing up, where maybe you had a parent who was narcissistic um, or at very least incredibly self-absorbed, that can be really hard to imagine because you're used to a parent, a parental figure, which God is, you know, he's like a father figure in a lot of ways. Um, It can, it can sort of skew our view of God. It can skew our view and make us think that he needs us for something because when a self-absorbed parent is constantly needing us to um, validate them To they make everything about them, and so it's difficult sometimes to not see God as a bit of a narcissist, especially when you read things about you know, uh, about his glory and he is all about his glory. But we have to remember he is not human, he is not us, he is not sinful. And we're going to find out, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go into some of these other attributes of God. So, the proof text. Um, we always want to provide uh, scriptures and there, there's many, there are many to prove this, but I'm going to use Acts 17, 24 and 25 as the proof text for the fact that he is self-existing. And here's what it says. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath And everything, everything we have comes from Him. So, you know, maybe a little bit of application for that is when we think about God being self-existing and us not being self-existing, we have needs, we have limitations, we need others, we need God. And so I think one thing we need to bear in mind as moms is to respect and honor who God is by honoring and respecting our human limitations. Stop thinking that you don't need rest. Stop thinking that you don't need a break. Stop thinking that you don't need refreshment. Um, That is not respecting and honoring God as self-existing and us as not self-existing. So we wanna honor God and respect Him by honoring and respecting our human limitations. This is something I've been really focusing on lately because um, because I struggle with this. I struggle with taking a break. I struggle with giving myself the space and the time that I need to process things. And as I'm getting older, it's taking longer to process things. And so um, I'm impatient with myself and I end up putting expectations on myself that are unreasonable and they don't respect and honor um, who God is and by honoring and respecting my human limitations. So again, I'm kind of going through a a training session on that with the Lord. So he is self-existing, so we don't have to be, okay? That should relieve our anxiety. We don't have to be that self-existing, uh, needing nothing person because he is self-existing. He is self-existing, so we don't have to be. Number two, he is independent. And again, we are not. God is not influenced or controlled by any other. He is not beholding to anything outside of himself. There is no bargaining with God. Everything he does is out of his absolute perfect love and unselfishness towards us. But he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't play the cards that we deal him. I'm going to say that again. He does not play the cards that we deal him. He is independent, not influenced or controlled by any other. Again, that means that what he's poured out on us is out of his perfect heart, out of his perfect love that has not one ounce of selfishness in it. And the proof text for that is Psalm 115 verse 3, our God is in the heavens He does all that he pleases. All, not some, but all that he pleases. And maybe some application for that would look like this. Remembering, okay, he's independent, but we as humans, we are influenced by others. We are beholding to others God is not subject to our direction or bargaining, and he doesn't owe us anything, like I mentioned before, but he chooses to shower his love and grace on us because that is who he is. And that doesn't change when we fail to live up to the standards. And so this is why it's a beautiful thing that he is independent and that his love comes from, is perfect and comes from not one ounce of selfishness and not one ounce of us being able to cajole it out of him. Because he chooses to shower his love and grace on us, because that is who he is, and that does not change when we fail to live up to the standards. We do not need to earn his love. Again, this takes us back to the gospel and one of the uh, one of the passages that I've been going through frequently lately, um, or part of it is First John four nine and ten. In this. The love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We, we love Him because He first loved us, you guys, so that love was never earned and it can never be earned. Romans 3, 23 to 25 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. We're not earning it. He is independent, so we don't have to be. Number three, he is holy, and we are not. He is not his creation. He is not one of us. He is not part of creation. He is completely and utterly separate. And the proof text for that is Isaiah 6, 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. One called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, if you know anything about the Hebrew language, there was no exclamation point. And so that repetition Holy, 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 when they said something three times, it was the writer's way of putting emphasis or an exclamation point on that. And so let's talk a little bit about the application of the fact that God is holy. Again, Romans three twenty three to 25, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received, By faith, we can do so because a holy God has made us holy through his Son. He is holy and has made us holy, so we do not have to earn that holiness. Number four, he is omnipresent. That means he's all present. (laughs) We are not. I think as moms, we're painfully aware of that, but somehow we still keep trying to be everywhere, right? Or wish we could be. Um, but God is everywhere at all times. Now, what I want to just clarify that that doesn't mean that he's actually physically in creation. He's actually outside of creation because people, um, that thought can be uh, easily lead into worshiping nature, which the scripture clearly says is not okay. It's wrong. Um, it talks about worshiping the, create, the creation rather than the creator. So we want to keep those things separate but he is all present. He is everywhere at all times. And the proof text for that is Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Where shall I go from your spirit or where where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me think about that application, the fact that God is everywhere. One of the ways that has been a great comfort to me is when I've been struggling with depression. I've had seasons of that in my life and um, it can be a very dark place to be um and, or if you're suffering grief I we have we lost our first grandson um, unexpectedly to stillbirth and the grief that you feel and the waves that come over and the place that that puts you at certain points in times, Is incredibly can be incredibly lonely. And the fact that there is no place that we can go, that God isn't there, is just is just such an incredible comfort. Um, Even if you're experiencing anxiety, um, because that might be why you decided to listen to this podcast, because all of us experience a certain amount of anxiety, some of us far more than others. But no matter how much we experience, wherever we are with that god is there god is present he never leaves us and he never forsakes us his presence is it means everything and if that's all we have to hang on to in that moment it is enough he is enough and i just want to encourage you if you're experiencing that right now please just keep remembering this that wherever you are god is there he never leaves you he never forsakes you um another part of that application um was something i mentioned earlier how many times do we as moms expect ourselves to be in more than one place at a time we throw false guilt on ourselves when you know we were busy taking care of one child and another one got hurt like we were supposed to know that was going to happen right again that's us thinking that we're god putting false guilt and false um expectations on ourselves to literally be like God. We don't want to go there, moms. What we want to understand is that we truly cannot be in more than one place at a time, but God is, and He is always watching over our children. He is always watching over us. He has our families in the palm of His hand. Um, The fact that we cannot be everywhere means that we can actually be present and in the moment, which again, waylays anxiety. And by doing so, we are living out our belief. Remember I talked about earlier about living our theology at our fingertips? So the fact that we cannot be everywhere, but he can, means that we can actually relax and be present. And I think that's one of our biggest struggles as moms. We tend to be preoccupied. We might be working with our kids, but we're thinking about something else. And that's not always necessarily wrong. I mean, we are wonderful multitaskers. God has given us a great ability to do that. But making sure that we're present when we really do need to be present and don't give that up for preoccupation or for trying to be God or for trying to be somewhere that we don't need to be right now, especially if you notice it's causing anxiety. I think our bodies talk to us. They're intuitive. God just, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you're feeling anxiety as you're having those thoughts, maybe it's a good time to pause and remind yourself that you don't have to be there yet. You are, you were right here and right now, and this is what you're doing. So um, we want to live out that belief that He is God and we are not. We can trust Him to be all present so we don't have to be. Last thing. Not quite the last thing. Um, second to the last. He is omniscient. So we've gone through omnipresent. Um, what, what did we do here? We did omnipresent, so all present. And now we're going to talk about his omniscience, which means he is all knowing. And again, we are not. He cannot learn anything. He knows all. We as creatures are becoming because we are finite, okay? We're constantly becoming, we're learning more. God cannot learn more. He already knows it all. There is nothing he can learn. He is not becoming. We are becoming. He is not becoming. Again, such a separation there. And it's interesting because we as creatures are becoming because we are finite. Or another word for it is derivative. And of course, I love words, so I had to look this up. But a derivative is an imitative work, is imitative of the work of another person, usually disapproved of for that reason. And I think, "Oh, we might be a derivative, but we are not disapproved of." Again, because of Romans 3:24, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because he is all-knowing, he is not learning or in a state of becoming. But we are. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. We are not. Okay, so that was omniscient, so he's all-knowing. Okay, so again, we don't know everything, right? He's all-knowing, so we don't have to be, you guys. We acknowledge him in all of our ways, and he will direct our paths. Fearing the Lord is acknowledging his power in all situations. Maybe even thinking about that before hunting down information, right? We have this, we live in a world that's just, we have information at our fingertips all the time. So it can be difficult not to overindulge on information, even good information. We cannot possibly know it all, so we can relax. He is all knowing, so we don't have to be. So one of the things that I remember years ago, um, just being reminded of of Proverbs 3, verses uh, five and six, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So it's so important that we just acknowledge him in all of our ways. And again, maybe acknowledging his power in all situations before we start Googling things, before we start asking this person and that person, maybe we should inquire of the Lord first. I believe that's a way to live out the theology that we fear the Lord above all. So fearing the Lord just simply means acknowledging His power, okay, acknowledging Him. So if we are acknowledging His power in any and all circumstances, we wanna do that first. And then we ask Him to bring us what we need. That's what I used to do because I just get overwhelmed with information. I need things to stay as simple as possible. And God has always been so faithful to do that if I will patiently trust that he is all-knowing and not try to be all-knowing myself. So one example is um, I just could not handle, I still can't handle the news, but when the kids were little, it was especially bad. I just could not watch the news. And you know now, I mean, today, having been gone all these years without watching it, um, I realize how useless it really is. So I, I don't even go there, but we all know we have lots of different versions of the news now. So we have alternatives that are um, hopefully a little more honest than the ones we see on, um, you know, uh, regular television. But that's a whole nother topic. Um, but my point is back then I just told my husband, I said, listen, I'm not, I, I can't handle hearing all of that and doing what I'm. I'm doing here at home. I said, "Will you just let me know if there's something that I need to know. And you know, it's really funny because somehow you end up hearing it one way or another. You find out you don't need to read the paper and you don't need to listen to the news. This is what I found out to know what's going on. And, and, and when I just kind of put it on my husband and sort of came under him and let him be my covering in that situation because I was acknowledging my limitation there— and my human limitation. And my husband is my covering and he just did a beautiful job of it. And he's very happy to do that. That was his way of one of the ways that he could protect me. And so he protected me from bad news that might make me fearful and was just totally unnecessary for me to know. And so that was just a real eye-opener for me in terms of respecting my human limitations, but also realizing that I don't need to know everything. Like I can trust God to bring me what I need to know. And because that's such a reality, has been such a reality in my life, I can, I have the ability, uh, and I lived that out for so long, I have the ability to sort of tuck myself away in a place and not feel guilty for not scrolling through social media and not really knowing what's happening today or yesterday or the day before when it comes to the news. And again, my husband will tell me if something significant happens or I'll hear it from somebody. So I'm totally confident in that now, but it started by practicing it back in the day. All right. So, um, also we want to, I don't think that I gave you, did I give you a proof text for that? Um, he is omniscient. Um, he is omnipotent. Okay, you guys, let me let me look this up real quick, and I will look up a proof text for that. Okay, so the proof text for God being omnipotent, of course, there are many, many scriptures out there, and omnipotent is all-powerful. Um, I'm just going to list one. It's Psalm 147. I'm sorry, all-knowing. So let's reverse that. Go back. The proof text for God being all-knowing is Psalm 147, verse 5. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. Okay, I'm sorry if that got a little confusing. Finally, we want to talk about the fact that God is omnipotent, all-powerful. Again, we are not. So he is not subject to any laws including his own. Isn't that interesting? So he is not subject to the law of gravity. He's not subject to the laws of time or space. Um, Those are just a couple of his laws that he is not subject to. And the proof text for that is, gosh, I've got several here, but uh, Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Luke one thirty seven, for nothing will be impossible with God. Um, back to 100, uh, Psalm 147, verse 5, great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And finally, Jeremiah 32, 17. There are more, but I'm just going to end with this one. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Don't you love that? So he's not subject to any laws, including his own, like gravity and time and that kind of thing. Now, you may be asking, um, this could be a little side thought that you end up, having, um, you know, is there anything that God cannot do? If you say something, things are, is there anything impossible for God? Is there something that he cannot do? Here's what he cannot do. He cannot deny his nature. He cannot sin. He cannot lie. He cannot steal. He cannot be selfish or unloving or even slightly imperfect. Think about that. Boy, if you just sat and pondered that And then this is the God who pours out his love and his grace on us and who gave us his son. And if he gives us his son, why would he not give us, generously give us all things, as it talks about in the New Testament? God is so able and so willing to pour out his love and his grace on us. That alone should reduce our anxiety. But let's make a little application for the fact that he is all-powerful and we are not. Okay, we know, we know this moms, we are extremely limited in our power. And that can, that can actually be the thing that causes us a lot of anxiety because, you know, there's so many things we don't have power over. We don't have control over, you know, all the things that are going on in the world, things that are even going on in our neighborhood, sometimes even things in our own household you know events happen things happen children get sick children struggle with um uh, mental health uh, children struggle with um with rebellion with sin you know we're we're sinful humans that all live together in a household and yet god is in covenant with us as we are his covenant people Our families are also covenant families. And so the difference between us and the world is that, yes, we're all aware that these events go on and and things happen and suffering happens, Christian or non-Christian. But as believers, we have hope because we have this God who has all of these incommunicable attributes, these attributes that we don't have and the fact that he is all powerful and he everything is within his control everything is on a leash we don't always understand his purposes because his his understanding of him is is beyond us because again we're not all powerful we're not all knowing we're finite but as believers we have this comfort in knowing that god We may be severely limited in power, but God is not. And not only that, God loves us with an everlasting love. His favor is upon us. He doesn't switch it out. You know, none of us had perfect parents. You know, we all know that parents sometimes make mistakes, and our parents made their share of mistakes, right? And that meant that sometimes their love for us may have occasionally, if not more than occasionally, felt conditional. But that is not the case with God. And so knowing that he's all-powerful, but also that his love is unconditional, should be an incredible, incredible comfort to us. And so lastly, his immutability basically means that he never changes. And so we don't have to worry that these incommunicable attributes are going to go away, are going to ever be limited or change or be other than absolutely perfect, we have to remember that God does not change. He is not becoming um, like we are. And so I think it's just such a comfort to know that, so that when we set the Lord ever before us, this is the God that we are setting before us. Psalm sixteen eight says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. And this is why I wanted to share these attributes with you today, because I think if we meditate on them and we continue to study them and we keep our focus on them, we are keeping the Lord ever before us. And when we do that, he is at our right hand and we are not going to be shaken nearly as quickly. And this is how knowing God's character can help relieve anxiety. Anxiety is rooted in fear. And 1 John 4, verses 13 to 19 says this, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. He is God and we are not. He is the initiator. We are the responders. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the reminder today of all the uh, incredible, well, at least some of them, the incredible incommunicable attributes That you have that bring us so much comfort and help waylay our anxieties, Lord, because it's who you are that matters. We were bought and paid for, we were bought with a price, we were made holy because you are holy. And so, Lord, we just thank you so much that you are self existing and that we are not. We thank you that you are self existing so that we don't have to be. Thank you that you are independent and we are not. We thank you that you are holy, and that because you are holy and have made us holy, we don't have to earn that holiness. Thank you that you are omnipresent, Lord, that you are all present. And thank you that because you are all present, we don't have to be. We thank you that because you are all-powerful, we don't have to be. And we thank you that because you are all-knowing, we don't have to be. Thank you. being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Help us to stand firmly on that truth, to remember who you are, and to move forward um, in the coming days um, with peace and comfort uh, that your incommunicable attributes help bring to our hearts. In Jesus' name.